Welcome to Foothills Youth Podcast, where we help people follow Jesus. I hope these resources are a blessing to you. We are a student ministry based out of Northwest Calgary, and our hope, our desire, is that we see students become resilient disciples in a post-Christian nation. So may this podcast just be a blessing to you in your journey. Um, hey, I want to say, first off, if you're new here and you're like, what the heck is this? They're all sitting in a circle chanting. It's like the same thing. It's okay. I'm glad you're here. Bear with us. We believe that worship is a response to who God is. We sing these songs. We do what we do. Uh, and maybe you've come to youth and church for a long time and you've never understood why, uh, why we worship, why we sing these songs, why we do what we do. It might seem a little bit weird. It might seem uh, a little different than maybe anything what normal people might do. Uh, but we do it because of who Jesus is. We do it because of what he's done in that, like, we are broken, we make mistakes, you all know that far too well, we, we mess up, we screw up, and it hurts people, and it hurts God, and we rebelled, and so because of that rebellion, and because we couldn't fix ourselves, Jesus came, he lived, and he died for us, because what happened in that is that he took a punishment that we deserved, so that we wouldn't actually have to go through it if we believed in Jesus and declared him as Lord so that we might be saved and actually have restored relationship with God. So what we do here, how we do it might be different from church to church and from place to place, but the reason is the same. The reason is the same. It's because Jesus loves you, and so we respond out of that love. I've been going through a season of um, just like kind of looking in the mirror and seeing uh, how short I really fall, um, how really how messed up my, my own soul is, how much I need Jesus. And it's, it's kind of been a rough process. I started praying a scary prayer that's like, Jesus, break my heart for what breaks yours. And there's a lot of things that I didn't know that were in my life that broke his heart as well. And so as, as I've looked, my selfishness, if you want an example, I'm extraordinarily selfish, and I have a kid on the way, so that's scary. And I know that my selfishness will just like come face to face with, I'm just going to have to look after Nicole and look after this little girl. Um, but it's scary because it means I have to let go of the things that I really want and my comforts and the things that like really bring me life and put them aside for somebody else. And in doing that, what Jesus has like graciously and lovingly shown me is that what, that's what he did for us. He put aside who he was as God came for us and we didn't deserve it. Growing up, this Jesus following thing felt like a bunch of rules, mostly because that's what I was told a lot of the time. Uh, it's like you couldn't, you couldn't smoke pot, even though there was no pot, at least not that I knew of, in small town Saskatchewan where I grew up. <laughs> um, couldn't, couldn't do drugs, couldn't look at porn, couldn't, you know, have sex before marriage. You couldn't hit your brother or your sister. Um, you, 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 couldn't, uh, you couldn't steal the money out of the offering plate, which confession time, I did that. I know. I have since returned that, <laughs> if not to the same church the church, you, there, there was things like, 
Uh, oh, the one that my mom, we would go shopping, and I remember, this is like a long time ago, it was when like skulls on t-shirts were cool. I don't know if, they, if you're wearing skulls on your t-shirts, I don't mean that they're not cool. I just like back in the day, they were cool. And so, and camo, but camo's come back, so that's all right. Uh, and, and I remember wanting to buy one of these t-shirts, and my mom was like, nope, that's, that's not appropriate for church or for anything, because it looks like you're supporting death. And I was like, mom, no, like, what are you talking about? And there were these, there were these rules. It felt like if I was going to follow Jesus, it meant that I had to follow rules, and if I broke them, at least this is the way that it was expressed to me, I had to make it up somehow. Who here, honest time, has ever felt like that when they fo- as they followed Jesus? That it's, it feels like rules, and if you feel like you break them, it's like you got something to pay. Yeah, it's okay to be honest. I'm going to read a part of the Bible for you. And again, if you're new here, we, we believe this is God's word to us. This is one of the guaranteed ways that he speaks to us is through what he's given other people to write down over thousands of years, and now we have this. And what I want to do is I don't want to just, like, say, yeah, those, those rules, they were right, and yeah, you got, you know, you got hell to pay because you broke them. It's actually Jesus paid that, so you don't have hell to pay. Is that Jesus took your place because he knew that we were rule breakers? And he said, I will take your place. I will take the punishment. I will take the consequences of our rule breaking upon himself. So I'm just in 1 John 2, and I'm just going to read 1 to 6. It says, my little children, John talks to the church as if they were his kids, because he was an old man at this point. And every old person calls them, ah, never mind. Um, (laughs) My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but but also for those of the whole world. This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commands. Uh Uh-oh, that sounds a lot like the church that I grew up in. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar. Yikes. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says that they remain in him should walk just as he walked. And when he says he, he's talking about Jesus. Like, when I hear that if we say we know Jesus, yet we don't do what he says, I get a lot of like flashbacks, feelings from my church growing up experience that told me that you had to do A, B, C, and D, and then you were a good Christian, or at least considered a good Christian. But here's what I want to ask you. What is following Jesus? Is it following the rules? Or is it being in a relationship? Why does God seem to put boundaries, as it were, on this relationship. Rules seek, they want, uh, uh, rules for anything, if you're talking about sports, you're talking about um, games, whatever, rules are there to help 
it flow and go healthily. There are certain rules in relationships that you don't break. Why? It's because it's for the sake of the health of the relationship that you don't break them. I don't lie to Nicole. That's bad for me. <laughs> that doesn't go well. It doesn't go well for my relationship with her. I don't lie to my friends. At least I shouldn't. Why? Because if I call them friends, I should trust them, and I should be able to say what I need to say and say it truthfully. And if we can't and if we don't, there's a break in the relationship. These rules are there for the health of the relationship. But sometimes they think, they feel like a job, like an obligation that if we don't live up to, we fall really short. Here's what I want to say. If we focus and put the foundations of doing A, B, C, and D in following Jesus, the rules, the, the commands we read in the Old Testament, and then what Jesus tells us to do, if that's what we focus and that's what we put our relationship with him on, we will always fall short and always wrestle and battle with guilt because we always screw it up. Here's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on, on who Jesus is. Because of who Jesus is, we live a certain way. Because of what he did and who he is, we live a certain way, we respond to God in a certain way, not out of obligation, but because of how much he loves us. It's a response, just like this. It's just like this. Our life can be an act of worship when we know who God is, what he's done, and his love for us. Here's what I want us to break free from tonight. There are people that say, God is so gracious, so I can do whatever I want, however I want, with whoever I want. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear me when I say God's grace, who he is, is justification to go on and break and do whatever you want. That's not what I'm saying. What I want you to do what I want to encourage all of us to do, and what I want this youth ministry to be about is about people who want to know the person of God in a deeper, life-changing way. So, how do we know when this relationship that when John talks about the one who says that remains in him or loves Jesus will walk as he does, just look at your life. Look at your own personal life. Don't look at the lives of other people. Don't compare. I don't want you to compare right now. I don't want you to be like, yeah, well, at least I didn't do like so-and-so does because I see them, and they say they're a Christian, but I don't know because they're doing that, but I'm doing this, so everything's okay. No, I don't want you to do that right now. It's time to look in the mirror, and I want you to look at your life. What are the choices that you make on a day-to-day -day basis? Why do you make those choices? Do you make those choices because that's what you think will bring you life? And so you go after your pleasures, 
you go after your addictions because at least then you don't have to numb. Or at least then you don't have to feel your pain. Why do you do what you do? How do you live your life? Because Tozer talks about the proof of how this, the proof that this relationship with Jesus is taking hold in somebody's life is in the choices that they make on a day-to-day basis. So why do we follow his commands? It's because we've come to know him. And how do we come to know him? We enter the presence of God through spiritual experience, through opening up his word, through worship, through prayer, through service. What's the point of, like, our own existence? You might have a different definition than I do, but here's what I believe. I believe we exist to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Enjoy Him. That means that this is a two-way relationship. This rule idea that we can sometimes elevate and say, I need to follow the rules so that at least I look and feel like a good Christian. No, 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 no. You're missing out on something really great. You're missing out on a relationship that actually brings you life and a relationship with a God who actually wants to speak with you and engage with you and meet you and heal you. But it's on our part when it comes to spiritual receptivity. Look at the heroes of faith. Look at the, like, either in the Bible or the people that you read about that seem to just do amazing things for Jesus. What makes them different than us? Because I feel like I look at these guys in the Bible and girls, and, and then um, some of my favorite like authors and pastors, and I just say, I'm not on that level, but here's the only thing that might be different. Is that these people, and you can as well, when the Spirit places and draws you in and you feel that longing, you feel his call. What they did, they responded. And we can respond. So, here's what I want to do. I want to give you some commands. But they're not your typical rule book. I want to look at what Jesus says, what John means when he talks about his commands. When you read through the Gospel of John, these are things that he commands us to do. Number one, he says, receive me. He says, follow me. He says to a crippled man, get up, be healed. He says to a dead man, rise from the dead. He says, believe in the life. He says, believe in God, believe in me, abide in me. He he says, ask whatever you wish. He says, abide in my love. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. These are the commandments that are all over the Gospel of John. I love rules, (laughs) personally. You don't have to. You don't have to agree with me on this. It helps my world feel a little bit more under control. It helps things feel a little bit more manageable. I, I can't 
stand games that like are kind of a free-for-all, like Dutch Blitz. I don't play Dutch Blitz, I survive Dutch Blitz. I, I, I cannot play it because it's just, it's, it's, I just, it's so chaotic. It's un, I, it causes me so much stress. <laughs> Some of you have seen that. But I love rules because it helps me feel a little bit more in control. And to be honest, I would rather have a checklist with my faith. I'd rather wake up and God hadn't written some, a to-do list for me every single day. It's waiting for me beside my bed so that when I wake up, I can pick it up. I can look at it and say, okay, God wants me to speak to so-and-so. He wants me to do such-and-such. Such. He wants me to go to a place. Because that would be easier. That would be easier than what he says to do, and that's to know him. It feels so hard some days to know Jesus. It takes work, it takes effort, and it costs me a lot. <laughs> I wish that God would sometimes just tell me what to do so that I could just do it. And sometimes God does. But what I've come to learn is that that's obviously not the case. But what I have learned is that as I come to know him, as I put in the work of a relationship to know Jesus, to learn who he is, to see how he walks, a.k.a. how he lives, it's in the Gospels. I've been reading Luke and John just to see, because I've been stuck on this passage. I'm like, I don't know how Jesus walked. Was it? No, I won't try to imitate Jesus. I just want to know. I just want to know because it's hard and I need him to tell me what to do. But what I've learned, this is what I've learned, and this is what I want us to respond. And as I uh, finish, I'm going to invite the worship team up. Is that as I've come to know him, as I've come to learn this person of Jesus, I've begun to know what he wants of me. I've become to learn, I've come to learn what he wants for the people in my life, what he wants for the world, and how he wants me to live. Not as a rule book, but because I get a little more of an understanding of how short I fall and how amazing and great his love and his grace is for me. So watch what Jesus does. Because when you watch what Jesus does, just crack open a gospel and just read it this week. Because what you'll see is you'll see a God who cared enough to come spend time on this earth to show us what an example of a perfect life lived was and then paid the price for our rule breaking. You'll find his character, you'll find his sacrifice, and you'll find his promise of life.
So this last worship song, here's what I want you to do. Just one thing. I just want you to ask Jesus one question. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's a bit of a broad question, but it's a question that has shaped my life. It's a question that is continually shaping my life, and it is the hardest question I've ever asked because it's an answer that I haven't fully gotten yet. And that's, who are you, Jesus? Who are you? If you're brave enough to ask this question and go after the answer, it will change your life. You'll find your guilt will start to go away. You'll fight the shame that you wrestle with day in and day out. Go away. You'll find, you'll find the love that you are desperate to find today in your own life. So, Jesus, who are you? Who are you, Jesus? I pray you would reveal yourself to us tonight. Yeah, it's my prayer. Amen.